You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado. Aaron Love. Okay, I don't want to oversell it, but that was legitimately the best clap the three of us have ever done. So I just want to put this in posterity. So we actually did it. Welcome back, everybody, to the team room. We just had a great clap. You know, great claps mean great episodes. It's early in the morning. We're on our battle rhythm. Did I wake up on time? No. Am I going to have a good podcast? Yes. Are the guys nice enough to not text me mean things all the m- all morning while I'm sleeping in? No, absolutely not. They don't care because that's how we do it in the team room. So. Welcome back, everybody. Another week with the Ones Ready Bros, just Peaches, Trent, and myself. We're going to get together. We got a, we got a good one today. We're going to look at a little, a little piece of emotional intelligence, a little, po- a little piece of that emotional IQ of what we call your EQ, and we're going to really dive into some stuff. Before we do, we want to say thanks to Alpha Brew. They've been there with us since the very, very beginning, single-sourced, never blended, never burnt, perfect, perfect flavor, perfect texture. I love having a couple glass of alpha brew coffee in the morning the biggest thing about it is it's got nootropics in it right i just took some on it alpha brain i love having nootropics nootropics help you think better they actually help your brain fire in a in a manner that is like actually organized so that you walk into rooms and you don't forget hey why did i walk into this room where did i leave my keys what am i supposed attacking me stop (laughs) attacking me right (laughs) i can hear you right here peaches couple couple glasses of alpha brew get that caffeine get those nootropics and those synapses line right up and and bam you're on for your day so head on over to uh alpha brew uh, coffee.com use our code ones ready at checkout you'll get uh, 10 off i believe is the discount for for the uh the discount over at alpha brew so go over check them out alphabrew.com get your 10 discount put your code ones ready in and uh and there you go get yourself a sweet bag i like the the tanzanian blend it's my favorite one of all time i got that stuff on deck just in case i haven't run out of coffee i always got like my go-to uh backup so there you go. We also want to say thanks to everybody that's been following. We've had a couple of, you know, a couple of good days of, you know, ask me anything. And you guys are really putting out a ton of stuff to the DMs and giving us a lot of good ideas for guests and stuff. So keep it up. So hit us up at onesready.com. Keep your out for new merch. We got a ton of sales going on right now. And then we're going to have some new stuff coming out as well. So Peaches has been crushing that. So with all of that out of the way, good morning, boys. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. How are you guys doing today? Peaches, I like your shirt. It looks really nice on you, Trent. It <laughs> isn't cold. Make sure you check out the YouTube for that one. <laughs> you have to go to the YouTube to watch. We didn't even have to do it this time. He just <laughs> you could you have a camera. You could just you could just make the camera point nope. different ways. Whatever. Um, so Trent Trent had a good idea today. We were kind of just BSing in the group chat as as the group chat goes, and we were talking about what we found out was a, was a piece of our emotional intelligence or, or that you know emotional IQ. The EQ is what we're calling it. Uh, these days, and we were kind of talking about, you know, what is ownership? What is accountability? What is what is you know what do, what do these words actually mean? Because people throw them around and they become these these buzzwords for business. And if you go to Jocko Willing's page or you read Jocko Willing's book, and it's extreme ownership, and you, you need to take accountability for your actions. And we were just kind of talking about that. It's one of those things where people say it, but they never dive deep into what these things actually mean. So we're going to talk today. We're going to talk a little bit about accountability. We're going to talk about what extreme ownership means, how those two things interact, and then most importantly how it is that you can actually develop those muscles and what you should be, what your goal should be for accountability, 
for that extreme ownership and, and what it means. And, and we'll just start off the best way to get these things going is, man, let's talk about what these words mean. So peaches to you, extreme ownership. What does that, what does that mean when you take ownership of your own processes? What does that mean in reality to you? Well, I think that's um, like, if you, if you're going to go th- start at the very beginning, right? It is trying to find the no kidding information, like right off the bat, you have the idea in your head or you have the thought in your head now it's time to go fact finding so you got to do the fact finding and you know we we see this on um and for anybody that's out there you know that's on reddit or, or whatever like people get lambasted all the time because they come and they ask questions instead of just using the google search bar or using the frequently asked questions like there there's information out there yes we've got a podcast and we're putting out information but like there are other things and other places that a quick Google search is all you got to do. So, I mean, it, it sounds simple, but right, you are taking ownership essentially of the information that you're going to get, taking that initiative to actually go put in some effort, find the information. And that's, that's just at the beginning. That doesn't even talk about all the other stuff where it's, you know, all right, now I got to start training. I got to, um, take ownership, my, my check engine lights on, oh, I'm just going to leave it, like whatever. No, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, you know, check engine light comes on. I've got to diagnose the problem. I got to figure out if I need to take care of the problem now or if it can wait. I got to get the time off of work or to, to get the check engine light fixed or whatever, you know, I'm rambling, but like it's owning the problem, owning the situation and taking care of it. I do like that it, it turned into almost a car care episode. It, yeah. we, we were we were one more sentence away from Peaches turning this into like then you got to go to the mechanic and okay this is one time about this again. <laughs> but I I really do love that you actually brought that up. It was one of, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Robbie Taylor, Colonel now TX, he said we're here to rent. We're not here to you know we're not here to rent. We're here to we're here to buy essentially. And he used to say that all the time. And it was a way for him to to tell you you know hey in this organization. You need to take ownership. Every single thing that happens in this building, you need, it's not their problem. When you walk past somebody's trash in the hallway, that's not somebody else's trash. That's your trash. You got to pick that trash up. That's a good example of that, that no kidding, like taking ownership and and it happens at all levels and we're going to dive deep into talking, but I love that you used the, Hey, did you Google it all? Before you answered me, you know, asked me this question. Did you just hit the DMs? And you're like, boy, I want this answer right away. You know, which you happens just, a lot. It happens a lot. That's my we favorite. Want people, I love it we when want kids people do in that. our DMs. <laughs> right, we do. <laughs> but I want I want somebody in my DMs, and I wanted to start like this. I have exhausted every bit of a Google search. I have looked at everywhere. I've combed through all of the podcasts. I don't know if you guys have answered this question. Can you guys answer this question for me? Uh, Trent, I know it's your favorite. Uh, what does ownership mean to you? Like when, when somebody is taking ownership, what does that mean? Well, so before we, we jumped on the podcast, I actually looked it up in the, the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And so ownership is the, the legal and rightful title, right? And then what that means to me is the, the ownership is an action, right? You have to earn ownership over something. It's not something that someone can give you. Someone can give you responsibility, but in like our community, we all earn the right to own our processes and our, our programs and our missions and all that other stuff. So to me, uh, ownership is, is something that you have to take, that, that you go out there and you aggressively go after, uh, like with the, the, the information that we're talking about, right? Like these, if you come out and you're just like, hey, I just want these answers, it's like you got to earn 
like owner, you have to take ownership. Like you can't, it just doesn't come to you. So uh, the, the, the difference between like a responsibility and ownership to me is, is ownership is, is an action word. It's a verb and it's not a passive thing. Like you, you go out there and you take it and in our community, you earn it. So like you've earned the right to own, um, you know, all this responsibility and all this other stuff and, and, and all the Gucci stuff that comes along with that. But that's what ownership means to me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And, and for me, you can, you can tell, you can tell on a team and it's a little bit different on the teams and stuff when, when it's a little bit further down the road, but it's the same sort of feeling when you look at guys that are no kidding, they're not walking past problems in the squadron. They're not letting things happen on their area. I'll, I'll tell you one of them, we all have knickknacks and, and plaques and little coins and stuff that we've collected throughout our careers. Right. And some are good and some are bad and some you're really, really proud of. And one of the ones that I'm most famous of is, is a plank owner's patch or a plank owner's, you know, um, plaque that I have from Vegas because we stood up the new troops. We came up with our own symbology. We came up with our own culture. We came up with, Hey, this is how we're going to do things on, on this troop. And, uh, you know, you got to be a plank owner and fun history lesson, everybody. So buckle up. I'm no, I'm no late night history, but, um, you know, back in the day when you were a sailor on a ship that was just made, when you left that ship, they actually gave you a piece of the ship. They gave you a plank and you were a plank owner and that's where it came from. But that's a collective and you're, Trent, you're totally right. A collective decision, a collective active decision that we're all making like, hey, we're going to own every single part of this process. Like I'm going to, I'm not just going to go through my day. I'm not just going to let my day happen to me. I am going to grow up. I'm going to do everything that I need to do to make this day happen and actually achieve some goals, um, you know, moving towards the end of it. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's almost, it's hard to explain. And I get why people people put a lot of, a lot of, um, effort into, into this stuff, but people don't, you know, often know really what it means. So Trent, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. What are some hallmarks of you look at somebody and you're like, you, you are not taking ownership of things. When you look at a student, when you look at a peer, when you look at somebody in your area, what, what are some hallmark things that you're just like, Nope, that ain't it. Oh, well, like I said, it's active. So I, there, there was a situation the other day in my personal slash professional life where they all get muddled together, where there was a person that said that had done or failed to do things the correct way. And then on the back end, after everything was all jacked up, said, I take full responsibility for this, knowing that there were not going to be any any consequences, right? Um, so to me, and that, that's kind of what got my, my brain going. I'm like, yeah, but if you'd actually taken responsibility in an active way up front and taken ownership of these processes the way that you're supposed to, then you wouldn't have to be on the back end being like, oh, I take full responsibility, which to me is, it, they're hollow words. It's stupid. You know, like, and I, I don't want to get on the soapbox like old guy, like the, the, the problem with today's generation is and all <laughs> this other crap. You're, you're already there, player. You just keep going. You may as well <laughs> yeah, but, lean into we're, it. Yeah. Lean into it. Listen, <laughs> but, we are, again, we're one, Trent, you are, you were one more anger notch away from saying these, <laughs> these darn zoomers. Like, I just can't wait. Let's go. Just, just live your truth, Trent. Well, if you, and I think it's not like I've never been guilty of anything that I rage about, right? I'm just want to put that out there again. Most of the things on all the advice I give uh, is because these are things that I personally struggle with or have in the past. Is if if you say I take full responsibility for this on the back end, and, and you know that you're not going to get in trouble for it, you're full of crap, and that's stupid. Like the, the expectations in our community is you're proactive, you take ownership, and that way you never have to be in that situation where on the back end you're like, I take full responsibility for this. Because in our community, it's not a piece of paperwork or anything other like that. It's the, the consequences and the, the margin for error. Um, it, it's different. 
So I think that's why in our community it's so, it's so important. Uh, but like the examples, I, I think uh, generally for people that are not in the community, uh, the the difference between like like a dad and a father, right? And depending on there's 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 a difference, and then like a mom and a mother, depending on which you know emphasis you put on one of those is is different. Uh, because there are there are people that have that responsibility. Just because you have a kid and you are a, a dad doesn't make you a good father, you know, or 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 mother or whatever else like that. Uh, and there's other things that we talk about in the military, like you can be an E nine or you can be a chief, and you see those things. And uh, the chief, you know, like I'm sure Jared does, he's going to be involved in everything. He's going to take ownership of the the entire squadron, and he's going to know what's going on and and take active measures to make sure that everybody's taken care of and the mission gets accomplished. Uh, versus, I think we've all met some of those other people that uh, that have the title and sit in that office and um, uh, maybe are a little more reactive and, and then have technically the responsibility that was given to them, but are not moving forward and leaning forward and taking ownership of everything. Yeah, and I, I'll pull the curtain back, Peaches. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on blast. No, I, don't, I watched. Don't. Here's a here's a great. <laughs> Here's a great uh, here's a here's a great actual story of it. You know, we we had somebody pretty important coming to the squadron. Uh, you know, General Slife was in the building. Chief Command Chief Olson was in the building. It was a big deal. My favorite text message that came out is like, you know, the dudes did a good job of cleaning up the squadron. Peach comes across the the enlisted, you know, the senior enlisted chat and says, "Hey, fellas, you guys really crushed it." Except for these four areas, that guy has high standards and he's not letting you slip, baby. But that's that's what it is, you know. And then the the meeting went off great. General Slife was impressed, and Peaches was the man. So the difference of uh, the difference of taking ownership actively and passively. See, Peaches, you could have just let that go, but you couldn't, huh? Because you chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty soon I'll have you guys out there painting the dead grass. Uh, or I the heard, rocks, because I heard, that's we're, what I we heard we're putting. I heard we're putting wires in out back. I'm really excited about it. I heard that there's going to be wires that we're going to install. Wait for the. Uh, we've got an airborne episode that we're going to drop. Wait until you hear uh, the the tale of the wires and showing up on the wires. But you know, all, all kidding aside, Peach, you're in. Uh, you know, nearly in unwinnable scenario. You know, all all day. You know, you can be an E nine or you can be a chief. I've always loved that statement, and I know that you try your best to be a chief all the time. What does ownership mean for you as you go on in your career? Because it means different things. We, we're talking to candidates and we're saying, you know, ownership for you looks like you just need to do your due diligence before you ask for a handout. You need to really be responsible and, and be a grown up. And really what we're asking them to do is just grow up a little bit, be a little bit more mature, know that that EQ, that, that emotional IQ uh, is being developed. Um, what does what does it mean for you throughout your career? Because it means different things. And Trent, when you when you say, you know, we need you to take ownership because there's not a lot of room for error and we can't deal with these consequences of it, and people don't understand that. Can you flesh that out for us, Peach? Can you tell us, no kidding? Hey, like these these are the the things that you need to do as you grow up in this career field. Um, well, I mean, I I can, but there's thousands upon thousands of things that you need to do to make sure that you're successful in that. But like, you know, you, you've heard me say, Hey, I've got an open door, right? Which is the cliche thing. Right. But like anytime you've come by my office, uh, the only time the door shut is, you know, if I'm changing or I'm in there on a phone call or, or with somebody, right. I mean, that's it. Um, so if I'm going to float that, I need to be legitimate about it. Like I need to honor that. I need to take ownership of it. So if somebody comes into my office, whether it's, you know, 6.30 a.m. right after I just get in 
or if it's 5.30 in the afternoon, like as I'm getting ready to roll out, like I need to be prepared. Or even if it's, you know, 9 o'clock at night, 2 a.m. or something like that, I need to answer that phone call. And whatever that issue is, it's not a, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll get to it. I mean, maybe the situation is a, hey, I can, it can wait, right? But if not, I got to be prepared to do whatever it is, like, um, it's one of those things. I actually had this conversation last week. Um, somebody was surprised that when I, uh, on the phone, when I actually said hello, when I asked them, hey, how are you doing? You know, like they were really surprised that I actually asked how they're doing. Like it, it really surprised them, which was really weird. Um, and then we, <laughs> I mean, this is a complete stranger. I, I don't I don't even remember what office I'd called uh, outside of the unit, but uh, we started talking about like, hey, if you're going to take the time to ask somebody how they're doing, if they come back to you and they say, not good, you better have the time or be prepared to take the time to walk with them through that and like, and hear them out. Like, well, no, no kidding. Like what, what's going on? You know, I don't know this person, but you better be able to do that. If I'm going to take the time to ask them how they're doing. Um, I guess you're, that's, you're a better man than I am because I never ask specifically for that reason. Cause I'm terrified of being like, Hey, how are you doing today? Be like, you know, Aaron, not so good. And you got, you got some time. And then I'm like, crap no because it makes <laughs> i feel so bad <laughs> i was because if you ask me how i'm doing i could literally be bleeding from my life like some part of my body be like hey aaron how you doing like, oh, not so bad anyway let's get this thing done i ask people hey how are you doing and they're like you know not so good and i'm just like oh no oh no <laughs> but that's that's the way i am too if somebody asks me oh, how no. i'm doing it's like man i'm doing pretty good or i'm hanging in there i'm yeah. whatever you know but but what thing am I supposed to say? Live in the dream. What? Are you, how, yeah. how are you doing? Oh, you know, living well, the dream. Living the dream, man. Oh, living the dream. And another you're day, secretly another crying inside. <laughs> you're just about to leave this mortal world. Oh man, but I like look, man. It's really that's a very simplistic way of saying it, right? But it's the reality of it. Every everything that you see, like you had brought it up, see a piece of trash on the ground. It ain't my, you know. It's not my personal trash, but I should pick it up. If I see a mountain of trash that everybody's just trying to de- delicately place onto the trash so that it doesn't finally, so they're not the one that it crumbles on, like, I'm wrong. I need to wrap that up. And there's, and that whole like, oh, well, the, the chief or whoever shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's BS. Like, nobody's above taking out yeah, the trash. Is, yeah. You better believe that when I'm at home, anybody's taking out the trash to include I was me. Say, I, don't, I don't think you're the, you probably ain't the chief at home. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I am Wait, not the boss at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I always, I always no, like my, it too. My lovely wife is the boss. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to say, you know, since, you know, phrase editing and since this actually floats around the house, Donna, you are the boss and I have never thought anything otherwise. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I heard a really good, you know, a really good analogy and it was, you know, what do, uh, what's the difference between a Humvee and a rental car? Well, there's some places that you won't take a Humvee, right? Like, and that's a, a perfect thing when you don't own something, when you, when, you know, how bad do you treat a rental car? How bad do you treat a hotel room? How bad do you treat things that really aren't yours? Well, that attitude, if you're the type of person that's going to go trash a rental car and trash a hotel room, you're also the type of person that's going to drive the squadron vehicle and just be like, all willy nilly and take a mirror off or not take care of the gear that you're supposed to. That's why rental gear is always a bad idea. And we put that out there and it does, it seems like, you know, I, I didn't make the connection until way later in my life, but 
When you give people their own things, what do they do? They treat it well. Well, what is that? That's ownership. That's them taking ownership of that. And if you can apply that feeling to a process, like I'm not going to let you drive my car. You're like, hey, just drive across this field right over here. I've done that in a rental car a couple times. Fun story. Uh, precocious young aerospace physiologist, Aaron Love, was supporting um, some jump operations at Boca Chica Key. So it's the key right above Key West in Florida. And there I am in a rental car, senior airman with a naval special warfare team. And they were like, hey, man, just drive this over there. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was very hard charging. Uh, you know those really big K bottles of oxygen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can 100% hit those going about 15 miles an hour and nothing will happen to them. I can tell you that from, I mean, they'll just be fine. It's a bump in the rental car. It's pretty dramatic right when it happens. But afterwards, really, you just get yelled at a little bit and then you go back to work. So cautionary tale. But that's one of those things. Was it a mistake in the moment? Yes. Was it one of those things too that I looked back afterwards and I was just like, oh, what an embarrassment professionally to, you know, in front of these guys that I'm supposed to be supporting. And here I am just not paying attention to my surroundings and really not taking like ownership of the process. And really what we're talking about there is it's the, 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 the transition and Trent, you kind of hit on it earlier is what people were talking about was like, Oh, well, well I'm, I'm going to hold myself accountable. You know, um, ownership and accountability sort of go hand in hand, but not really. They aren't the same thing. One leads to a other, another, a lack of ownership often leads to a need for accountability but if you were to, to say the difference, Trent, between ownership and accountability, what would, the, what would that difference be? Like, how would you explain that to somebody? I would say accountability comes from someone else, from a, like a higher level of supervision. And uh, ownership resides with you. You know what I mean? It's a very personal decision to, to take ownership of something where accountability, you can hold yourself accountable, but to me, like you're just starting to, to blur the line between accountability and ownership, right? Like I hold, I try to hold myself uh, accountable for everything that I'm responsible for, um, and, and, and take ownership of it as best I can. So I don't run into those problems where, uh, someone else has to hold me accountable for my action or inaction. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen because I'm a, I'm a human and, these guys can tell you I'm less than perfect. Uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, but I, I mean, that, that, that's what it is. It's the, um, if I'm taking personal accountability for everything and, and, and owning it and being aggressive about, uh, getting the stuff done that I need to get done and caring about it, uh, not to get like emotional about things, but the, the, there are things I care about in this life. I care about my family. I care about, you know, one's ready. I care about my job a lot and I care about my career field a lot. Um, so, being that person that that will take ownership and 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 hold yourself accountable to get it done no matter what, I think that there's a difference between that and just not trying to be in trouble, not trying to get in trouble. Like there's the people that are like, oh, I don't want to look bad or I don't want to get in trouble. If that's your mindset, you're already on the defensive. You're already passive about the process. You should be. How can I make this the best that it could possibly be, um, and, and and come up with the best outcomes as opposed to. Uh, just trying to get a five on your PR so you can get promoted um, versus I want to make this community better. Did you just say five on your EPR? Chief, are you just, are you going to, are you going to let that happen? Are you going to let Trent do these things and put out this bad information right now? I can't believe yeah, we're going to let it slide. You know what? We're going to hold you accountable for this. This is it. The next time we're together, that's it. I'm going to tie your shoes together or something mean. That was 2008 Trent that was speaking. And I apologize (laughs) for my outdated information. (laughs) 
So Peach, if you could, if you could springboard off of what he said there, you know, people, people talk accountability all the time. Well, if you, if you had just like Trent started off with, if you had this extreme ownership, if you really did care about your process, like it was yours, like you owned it, then we wouldn't have a need for accountability at the end. Right. Um, and I think I agree with that to, to some level. And I, I get what Trent's saying about the difference between the two. How would you, how would you explain the difference between the two or how, do, how does, how does emotional, you know, in the EQ realm, how do accountability and ownership actually interact? Well, I mean, man, I, so first off, I'm really glad that Trent answered that first. Um, because I was sitting here the entire time. Like, like, I, you know? I have no idea. Because it's, it's kind of blurred lines, right? And it's difficult to, unless you know getting deep dive it, it's, it's difficult to delineate the difference between ownership and accountability, right? Especially on the surface. But, you know, when you, when you look down, it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about, you know, owning, owning it from cradle to grave. And, like, there's... You know, um, Trent had brought up like, hey, when somebody, when something goes wrong, people are like, oh, I take complete ownership of it. But it's, he's right. It's, it's hollow. It's because there's no consequences. There's no, you know, maybe there's a slap in the face afterwards, but I mean, maybe not. Like it's, it's, and it, this is going to sound weird, weird, but it's, it's, it's a love, right? It's a, like, Trent said he loves his career field, you know, obviously loves his family, loves his career field, loves one ready. So he has ownership in it, just like all of us do, you know, all, all five of us, if you will, uh, within one's ready, love one's ready, loves what we're doing, takes ownership of it. So you better believe when something goes wrong, whether it's a, um, a spelling error on a post or uh, putting out bad information, like that is which doesn't really happen very often. Sometimes it's, it's not bad information. It's um, like, Hey, there's a, there was a quick change or a recent change. And um, we just weren't tracking it or something like that. Like, like I, that I take that personal because what we're giving to, you know, the listeners or the audience or whoever cares um, like it, it means something to me that it's, it's my credibility. It's our credibility. So, um, I want to take ownership of of all of it, and anytime something goes wrong, like that is you know just a a little notch off of credibility, and I want to be you know at a, a full charge of credibility, if you will. Um, so that's yeah. that, and it, like I said, for for me, it's to articulate it. It's difficult. It to me, it's a feeling of ownership. I own this. If things go great. Hey, cool, right? They're supposed to go great. If they go wrong, though, I'm like, I have a, a stinging, you know, it's like um, in Pulp Fiction, that, that's pride, you know, messing with you, right? <laughs> right? That sting, that's pride messing with you. Like, that's yeah. the way I feel. There weren't a lot of quotes in Pulp Fiction that, that'll, you know, be PG-13 enough on here. So I was initially terrified and then <laughs> really pulled it out of the fire there. It was really, really good. Like, I, di- I didn't know which quote from Pulp Fiction we were going to end up with. There's so well many. Done. There's, There's so, so, many. Many, so many good ones, but I think you're totally right. And you hit it on the head and I know you feel like you're struggling to explain it, but that was a really good way of, of explaining it is there's a, there's a switch that flips when you produce something. When I produce something, if somebody comes back to me and that's a perfect, a perfect example, if there's a typo, if there's a piece of information that I put out correctly, I, I focus myself internally. I go, 
man, that was bad. You can't do that. That's not a thing. And it doesn't matter. It could be the dumbest little thing, but it's because, again, because I care, because we care, right? So the real question is, is how do we develop this on small teams and how do we get it down all the way to ANS, right? Like, is, is there a checklist that we can get to these guys and gals? Is there some way that we can do it? So we can't really produce something like that because it's such a hard thing to explain, right? So what I want to do now is I want to kind of transition. Like we, we know what ownership looks like. We know what accountability looks like. So let's start talking about some no kidding ways to foster that on the teams, right? So to actually get there, because there's the, the biggest problem with, you know, ANS and, and pre-dive and stuff is, is really that team formation. Because if your team sucks, you could be the best candidate in the world and you could pay a price and you can end up failing because the team sucks. And that's a hard thing to explain to people is that while ANS is not, it, it's an individual event, you're being evaluated individually. But if the team isn't putting out and if the team isn't working well together, which has ripples throughout your entire career, then you could not look as good as you could look individually. And more so, if you're doing great and you're leaving the team behind, the cadre are going to notice that. The cadre are going to go, teamwork, you know, hey, is this guy or gal a physical stud? Can they do all these other individual skills? Okay, cool. But when it comes time to actually help the team out, when it comes time to take ownership of this process, when it comes time to help other people out past the duty day, these people aren't doing it. And those are the type of people, you know, that we're looking for, right? So, you know, as I'm talking through it here, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what would I do as a, as a young E3, E4 at ANS? How do we breed ownership? amongst our little tribe. And the first thing that I always, I always go to is you make it your own somehow, right? We all have our little inside jokes. Those inside jokes turn into part of our culture. Sometimes part of our culture turns into, you know, if you look at the symbology of, of ones ready, you know, when we came out with the ones ready logo and we put the, the ones ready thing together, I really started feeling proud about that thing. I started, man, I'm, I'm wearing ones ready gear around, you know, I remember going back, you know, two years ago now, almost two years ago now, going back to where we started having, these are our own symbols. When we put this out, this is who you're talking to. This is what it means for us to do these things. And I think you can totally do that at ANS with your own team identity and the way that you guys, you know, the way that they go about business. Trent, if you had to tell the students, this is how, this is a no kidding real world way. We're going to start breeding ownership and we want you guys to start really, really taking control of your own lives and your own careers. What does that look like at A&S? Well, I think you, you nailed it right there with uh, controlling your own life and own career. There's like the, the upside down triangle of, of importance on, on how you affect uh, ownership, accountability, and leadership on your team as you're going through the pipeline. And as I think through my career, all of the people that I have wanted uh, to, to be around as leaders or as, you know, peer leaders or whatever. There's lots of people that maybe even I outrank that I, you know, I want to follow them around and, uh, and just, you know, learn something or, or be around them. It's, those are the people that have mastered themselves and, um, and know who they are and have put in the work. Right. And I, I think this is like a recurring theme with us. And I tried, I was trying not to go into leadership, which was difficult a while ago, but you can't lead anybody if you can't lead yourself. You can't hold someone else accountable if you don't hold yourself accountable. You can't tell someone else to have ownership of something if you don't display those similar traits and characteristics. So what you need to do, as, as if you're looking to get into the pipeline right now, what you're looking at is mastering yourself first and these skills as, as aggressively pursuing ownership over yourself 
and your goals and your responsibilities. So once you've mastered that, then you can start pushing that out to other people or it'll naturally happen, um, at least for me, because people seek out the, the leadership. People seek out the people that display those those ownership traits over the, the situation. And um, if you if you haven't done it for yourself, then you're not going to be able to help anybody else along the way. Yeah, I agree. But I want to I want to stay there just for a second, because I think you brought, you know, something up really, really good. So when you talk about mastering yourself, what does that look like for somebody that's training inside of the pipeline? I think I think I know what that looks like. But what what would you say that it looks like? Well, I mean, there's there's different parts of it. There's the the physical mastery, which is I think everybody basically understands. But there's the um, knowing who you are, right? Because w- when we talk about uh, uh, leadership and ownership, we all do it a little bit different. I think based on our own personalities and our own character traits and all that other stuff. So, if you're not spending some time figuring out who you are and breaking down those own walls of your ego uh, to to not project a false sense to everybody else. Uh, that everybody can see, you know what I mean? Um, if, if I project a false sense of who I am constantly, everybody knows that, uh, especially if you're in your leadership position or if you're in a stressful position like you are in the pipeline, uh, that stuff's going to erode away and, and you're going to be exposed regardless. So the worst. knowing who... The worst. Right. Oh, man. Did you, did you ever work with somebody with a command voice? Oh, my gosh. That they would literally change the tone and inflection of their voice when it came time to speak in front of people. Like, you you and I were talking here, and then it's time for me to stand up in front of you, and I would go, uh, okay, hold on here, gents. I just want to say welcome to the... And you're just like, why are you talking like that? Why? Like, obviously, when you're speaking in front of people, you're going to have to, like, make it so that you're a good... Like, there's good public speakers and bad public speakers, and some people are terrible public speakers because they talk exactly like they talk in the team room in front of people. Like, I get it. But the command voice thing, that is one of those things like you are literally playing a role. Something inside, you are not okay enough with yourself to just let yourself be up here on this stage. Like your your brain is literally changing the way that you talk to protect yourself in front of people because you haven't mastered yourself. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where it seems like a silly thing, but I call it the command voice. Anytime anybody has a command voice around me, I'm like, that feels so disingenuous to me, but it speaks to, I think largely like they don't, they don't know who they are. They're, they're kind of uncomfortable in their own skin. I was going to say, I have a radio voice. (laughs) (laughs) You have a delightful radio voice. If if, if people don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's as soon as you start talking on the radio to an airplane and and a lot of the JTACs know exactly what I'm talking about. Your, your voice changes for whatever reason. I don't know why you turn into a newscaster. Yeah. And today, <laughs> along 37th Street, it's completely non, it doesn't sound like you're from anywhere in the country. It sounds like you're from space. But the, the JTAG radio voice thing, I do, I do laugh at because people will, and it's funny to watch you guys snap in and out of it. There will literally be a firefight of things going on. You'd be like, you need to go over there. You need to go over there. Oh, well, welcome back. Oh, yeah. Thanks for checking back on. <laughs> There's just a little problem. We got some people shooting at us from this building over there. You see the building that I'm talking about? Can you do me a favor and just take it down? Thanks. I'll be back with you in five minutes. Okay, everybody. We are in some trouble. Oh, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Which causes problems whenever you really do need some help. But Right. Because whatever. then you're so caught. Right. Yeah. They actually, and I, I've been on training trips before, so I have heard that, but not to get off on the JTAC tangents, but I have heard that on training trips before where they're like, Hey, the only critique that I would give you is that during this phase, you should sound a little bit more excited or like, 
hey, is there a safe place to fire these weapons so that we can have some gunfire going on in the background to express how much I need these things to happen? So, right, JTAC, JTAC voice aside, um, and you know peaches you you've obviously you know i I actually talked to somebody this weekend or this week when i was in ohio that you know he's a 16 year old he was about to sign his papers to to get in when he was 17 and and, you know he wanted some advice on some other stuff that was going on it was it was a pretty complex conversation but it just kind of made me think about your career chief of where you know you started at 17 and you had to figure these things out did you learn any big lessons about, you know, just being okay with yourself taking, uh, you know, we were calling it taking ownership or developing an emotional intelligence or, you know, Trent was really talking about mastering yourself. What were some, some lessons learned or some nuggets about, you know, Hey, this is, this is really who I am and this is how I'm going to make it work. Did you have any experiences where you were just like, Oh, this is it. This, this worked for me. And here I am. No, not at 17. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know who I was at 17, probably yeah. up until I was in, you know, mid, mid twenties or whatever. But, um, well, but your I mean, brain isn't, your brain isn't even yeah, fully exactly. until 25, right? Like your right. frontal which lobe is, isn't, yeah. which is crazy that we, you know, tell people to go to college and figure out that they're, figure out their degree and what their future is going to be at, at that age. But that's a whole nother subject. But, um, like, I think it starts small. Like we're, we're talking, you know, the whole concept of ownership seems like this massive thing right but it can be something really small so if i'm if i'm going back to the pipeline and looking at the pool deck right pool session everybody's one everybody's water bottle is marked the same um everybody's fins and everything like that are laid out exactly the way that they're supposed to with the weight belt with the mask with the water bottle like i should be going down the the pool deck and everything should be symmetrical. Like, you know, if there's a if there's a line, you know, if it's um, like brick or pavement or something like that, and there's a line that goes across, everything should be butted up against that, or everything should be symmetrical. Because if there's something off, like the team didn't take ownership for it. And it sounds really simple and small, and it's like, what's the big deal? But it's that attention to detail. You are taking ownership of that attention to detail because later on down the line that small attention to detail, that, that level of thinking could end up getting somebody hurt or yourself hurt or worse killed. I mean, like, and we're, you know, walking the dog. It's like, oh, these little things can create something big. But I'm tell you, like going back to Jay's, I think if I mess up a grid coordinate, right, something bad could happen. And if a grid, if you don't know what a grid coordinate is for those that listening, it's, it's a location. Like, you know, you have a 10 digit grid, which is very refined and it, you know, every, this, this whole planet has grid coordinates, right? So if I mess up one of those digits, mm-hmm. we run the risk of the bombs not going where they're intended to go. So like it's taking ownership of that attention to detail. Um, and it, that follows throughout the entire pipeline. And that's, that is why the instructors and the cadre are so, um, meticulous about, and, and all over you about these small little things because about these things that you think are so dumb yep. and I got I got to be honest with you. I've seen it from both sides. They are dumb, but we just like, we can't just shoot at you. Like we can't just take guns and shoot at you to get your stress level through the roof. Right. But that's the end state. That's where you're going to go. Right. So we have to start with these things. We have to start breeding these things like attention to detail. We have to start, start showing you these little things like, okay, guys, 
you didn't take ownership of this pool session. Now I'm going to hold you accountable by going into alternate WaterCon. And, you know, uh, some instructors, I, I have hilarious, some hilarious memories and some cringy memories of instructors just like, I can't believe you left that pocket on your rucksack open. I saw a time where that killed four people and it was terrible. And you're like, wait a second. Like, I don't think the pot, was it the pocket that opened it up? But that's the way that we communicate those things because there's no way for us to do that. You know, I can't look at you and go, hey, if you miss one small thing on this JMPI, I can literally kill a guy. If you miss one way that a, a strap is routed, if you miss one way that something is frayed or something isn't tucked properly or something isn't absolutely correct on this JMPI, you will no kidding kill him. Well, how do we breed that? How do we breed that attention to detail? How do we breed that ownership? Well, you do it by forcing you into a scenario where you own everything. You own every single part of your day. And that's the punishment aspect, right? Like the smoking aspect, the physical aspect of ANS. It's there as an accountability tool to show you you did not properly take ownership of this iteration of this training day of this training event. And it's meant for a reason it's meant because all of us, I, I have, you know, four or five scenarios in my head right now where no, you know, untucking that pocket really did cause this issue missing this one little thing, this one minuscule thing that we really didn't think was that important. It turned out to be really, really important. And we've seen people get hurt. We've seen accidents happen. We've seen people even, you know, get killed over these events. And it's, it's hard to explain to somebody to be like, I'm doing this for your own good because these little things that you're doing, I can tell you later in life, they're going to have huge dire consequences. Well, I think if you frame it right. So if you're coming in, we expect you to have a certain level of enthusiasm or passion or whatever that we're trying to turn into that, that, that love that turns into ownership. We're not trying to just crush your soul. We're trying to take that enthusiasm and all this other stuff that you had when you were 17, right? Um, for, for, or, or whatever, and, and just morph it into this other thing where you care about the attention to detail and all that other stuff. So I think if you're coming in and you don't have that enthusiasm or, or that, you know, that super strong drive to want to be one of the career fields, if you don't have that stuff for us to mold and to morph into that, that ownership aspect and that, that, you know, attention to detail and caring about all these things, I, I think it's going to be hard to be successful. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's, there's really no way around it. It, it, well, it is one of those things that's baked into literally everything we do. It's the bedrock of who we are. We can look at all these other attributes, right? We can look at, we can develop teamwork. We can develop your leadership. We can develop all of these other things, but that enthusiasm that, that evolves into a love, a true love for what you're doing that turns into that ownership to where you really do feel like it's ours. You know, like, I think this is my thing. When I walk into the, the two, two STS, I don't walk in and just think, okay, well here's this building and here's this, like, this is, this is my unit. This is my office. These are my colleagues and my friends. And I like, this is my, I'm proud to wear that patch. You know, I'm proud to wear the two, two STS patch. And if you think about it all the way, people have no problem going all the way to the end state, the logical end state. And they're like, well, when I get that beret, that beret is going to be mine and you're not going to be able to touch it. And I'm going to protect the career field. Be like, well, you're saying that, but all day today, you couldn't be bothered to just help your team out, keep your, keep your team spaces clean and get everything done on time. You know, there's a disconnect in there somewhere and people don't connect it too, but that's where it all starts. When you really, I, I really do love the pararescue career field. I've gotten into fist fights over Charlie, the PJ, uh, because that's just a cool part of our career field. And that's just stuff that I love. And that's, 
that's a completely you know ridiculous just mascot thing well charlie i'm sorry charlie you're not really that's you're hurtful my, huh i know you're one of my favorite parts of the career field i, I love that i have a picture with you but uh but it's one of those things like that's that is extreme ownership that is like i love this thing so much that i even the silly parts of it i'm like that is awesome like that is that is my one of my favorite things you know and i think there's a disconnect when people see what ownership really means at their level and how to extrapolate it and how to develop it and how to eventually get to a spot where you're like, okay, cool. And then the the second part of it is bringing everybody else on is bringing everybody else on to where you now have a culture of ownership and a culture of accountability so that you can actually operate as a high performing team. Cause the highest performing teams, you don't hear stuff like my bad. Okay. I'll make it better next time. I mean, whatever. You know why? Because it's right. The first time you get it done because you guys, everybody cares about it. You're all working towards sort of that common goal. And for everybody listening out there, your common goal might be getting on ANS or having a high performing team, getting selected, having a good pipeline experience. I can tell you as a, as a guy that had a terrible pipeline experience, it could be really bad depending on your team. And by the time that you get to the to the end of, you know, your pipeline and your apprentice course, you could be really strong and we were all really really strong. It was uh but it's, it's mainly because we weren't very smart <laughs> throughout the entire pipeline. And, and that emotional intelligence um, that we all look for, that, that EQ, that emotional intelligence quotient that we're, we're kind of looking for, it, it, it's a muscle just like everything else. And unless you talk about stuff like what is ownership, really what does it mean? What does it really mean for you to take ownership? For you, is it is it waking up? Is it making your bed? Is it is it striving to actually do a couple more things to develop those good habit patterns because you know where it's going? Man, that might be right for you. I know how I did it for me. And for me, it was a, a mantra that I used to say to myself all the time, right? When I started waking up in the morning and I'd start because I, I wake up, I make my bed. It's just a thing. But when I wake up and when I started this process, I'd say to myself, no kidding, I'm the type of person that makes their bed in the morning when they wake up. And then I just go on with my day. I'm the type of person that doesn't leave things out in my space. I'm the type of person that likes clean spaces to come home to. So I'm going to clean up after myself. I'm the type of person that never lets my check engine light go on in my car for an extra week. Right. And if you start talking yourself through that, you know, just, just say I'm the type of person that, and then insert like positive actions here. You'd be surprised how it just becomes a muscle memory thing where you're just like, no, this is just things we do. We put things away. We go the extra mile. We make sure our admins in on time. We make sure our spaces are clean. We make sure that nobody can ever question our work that we do. You know, we have a high level of accountability and that's driven from our high levels of ownership at the front end. If that makes sense. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, I didn't want to end it there, but the time is, the time is just about right. So I'll, I'll turn it over to, to Trent and, and see if you got anything, Trent. I mean, it's like you said, what are, what are you investing in today? Emotionally, psychologically, and physically. That's uh, whatever you invest in is what's going to pay off. That's what that's what you're owning. So, yeah. Well, I'm hoping these Ether coins that I'm owning continue to. I made some investments in those, and they're doing pretty well. So, thanks, Ether. Keep going. Ether or Ethereum. So it's Ethereum. If you want to talk about the blockchain, I've got Ether, and I'm also invested <laughs> in the blockchain, which is Ethereum, which is more of a platform for dissolving contracts and smart contracts. Listen, we can talk all about it. I'm I'm pretty excited about it, but Trent. Great idea for the day. Um, I really like when you brought it up, man, like that, that difference between ownership, the difference between, you know, and how that, how that interplays with accountability. And then of course, the most important part of all this is how do we actually apply it? We're not here to just talk about this stuff. We want to give you actual tools to make yourself successful, 
Jocko Willink has a book called Extreme Ownership. People, Some people love it. Some people hate it. It's good information. We're going to get together a couple more books on the topic, and we'll see if we can't get you some more reading lists, if, if you so desire, to want to uh, explore this a little bit more. In the meanwhile, you can definitely go out. Everybody's homework assignment from this one, just, just go ahead and Google Emotional Intelligence or your EQ, and I want you guys to start reading up on that because that is the the larger umbrella kind of of what we're talking about here. So, hey, another great episode. I'll apologize to everybody. I'm really just apologizing to you too. Sorry I slept in late. It was a phone charger issue, but we're here now. That's my bad. That's And, and listen, I totally take accountability for this. I was like, why don't I you to- just own it? I totally, <laughs> I totally own the problem. You're dead to me. It's not going to happen again as he sleeps in again. <laughs> I, lo- I love the the irony and the meta-analysis of this yeah. as, uh, <laughs> it, the boys talk about accountability and ownership after having to wake Aaron up for taking no ownership it's and, thick being, today. Uh, and being held accountable it's it's the best way I could possibly start my day but hey thanks to everybody that, that likes and follows and subscribes man just, just do me a favor go to the YouTube and I want you to take your mouse and I just want you to hover over the subscribe button for a second and I want you to just be like ooh subscribe button and then bam I want you to hit the subscribe button and become a subscriber to the YouTube. We drop a lot of um, exclusive content on there. Follow the podcast. We drop on Saturdays or whenever we get squirrely and put content out, which we often do. And then uh, hit us up on One's Ready and the Instagram. As always, stay up in the DMs. Hit us up. We love the questions. We're going to get some more lives on the road here. There are some changes happening in the pipeline, and we want to get that information out there and, and get the levels, uh, get the bubbles leveled for everybody. Um, but for now and for this week, that's about it. Earn each breath. Train hard. Appreciate Later. it. Later. Have a good one. <laughs>